Hello everyone, welcome to the Mirrors Made From Scratch podcast. The aim of the podcast is to share and discuss all things nutrition, menopause and fitness with you. We're huge believers in consuming foods that will benefit and nourish our overall mental and physical health and I can't wait to share insightful knowledge with some amazing guest speakers. Hello, today my guest is Camlin and I'm going to let Camlin you know, introduce herself um, but I've, I met Camlin on a workshop that we were doing for um, with another group of, of women and it was so fascinating listening to her um, and she said so many really sort of wonderful things that really resonated and practical ways of helping and supporting yourself uh, and since then I've been following her on Instagram and uh, I love all her posts because they're often like a really good reminder um, about our mental well-being, um, about our mindset, um, and also other bits and pieces like stress and anxiety. So um, today we've invited Cameron on to help us to talk about how to manage stress and anxiety and controlling our mindset. Cameron, welcome. Hi, Mira. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's an absolute pleasure. I, I can't wait to introduce you to our listeners and for you to share the wonderful knowledge that you have and practical tips and things as well that you, uh, you know, you so eloquent, eloquently um, deliver on Instagram, but we're going to do it on podcast. So very excited. So Cameron, would you just introduce yourself for me? Tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course, no problems at all. So I am a qualified psychotherapist and I also do mindset coaching. And the areas that I specialize in is stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. So I work predominantly with women from business backgrounds, entrepreneurs, professionals to help them overcome stress and anxiety so that they're not holding themselves back from success and happiness in their life. Because the stress manifests in so many different ways, um, overthinking, overanalyzing, unrealistic expectations, self-limiting beliefs. So these are all the areas that I work with. Wonderful. I'm going to come and see you, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think you need any of that support. I think you've got it. It is amazing. I was literally only having those thoughts last night where I literally was like, what am I doing? It's that imposter syndrome. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? What's going on? No, no, no. It could all go wrong. You know, so Aww. it's it's very uh, so whilst again, that's probably a perfect example, isn't it? Whilst on the outside and on the exterior, you see um, this persona, you see this 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 face or this this the way the person is behaving that doesn't always manifest itself in what's actually going on in that dialogue with you and yourself, you know, your brain. Um, Is that something that you find quite often with, with the people you work with? Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of the time, right, so when we hear the word stress, anxiety, overwhelm or burnout, we almost have an avatar in our head of what that person is going to look like. So we imagine somebody being quite flustered, somebody rushing around, somebody maybe being quite forgetful, somebody looking a certain way or appearing to be a certain way. And that is often not the case. When I work with women, I work with women that are in high level positions, that are businesswomen, that are running their own organizations, and they are immaculate looking. But when you start speaking to them, there's all this internal um, chaos, tension, conflict, anxiety, overwhelm going on. 
And this is why I think stress and anxiety is so easily missed and overlooked because when you look at somebody, you think, oh, they don't look stressed or they don't look anxious or they don't look like they they Mm. lack confidence. But then what does somebody that's got stress and anxiety, what are they supposed to look like? There's no set or fixed way in which they're supposed to look. And people manage it really well and people hide it really well because we're socially conditioned to do so. Yeah, yeah, so true, so true. It's really not something that you, I mean, I when I was growing up, um, you know, because those in those days it just wasn't kind of you weren't aware of these things you know my mum would sort of just kind of like you know come on there pull your socks up you it's only a period or it's only a this or you know and I had two brothers and it was very much kind of uh, we just got on with it there was no such you know what do you mean you're feeling down that just didn't even happen you know or you're feeling anxious you just kind of just had to get on with it (laughs) um you know it's 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 interesting but is there something that I've always wondered, is there something that presents itself most commonly? Do you see something time and time again, which then kind of rings alarm bells for you or that presents itself with with women that you're working with to show that they're stressed and anxious? Yeah. So what will happen is even if people don't feel stressed or anxious, which very often you won't, because if you're used to, so say, for example, the example that you just gave there, Mira, about growing up in that environment where you learn to minimize your feelings or you learn to avoid dealing with what's going on inside you or your feelings have been pushed aside. Do you see that just becomes normal? That's not an abnormal situation then. So you then grow up just doing that by yourself. You'll enter relationships and you'll do that. You'll meet people and you'll do that. So even if you feel stressed or anxious, you'll easily put that aside and keep carrying on doing whatever it is that you need to do because you have been programmed to do that as a child so a lot of the time when I'm working with women they will be experiencing high levels of anxiety or they will be operating on quite a high adrenaline level without even realizing that they're doing so so some of the things that they'll come to me for is I feel like I can't switch my mind off my brain is going at 100 miles all all the time I feel like I'm overthinking everything I'm overanalyzing everything but they don't necessarily relate that to stress and anxiety so they'll just think oh my I've got so much going on I'm so busy all the time and because of that I can't switch off so that's the first sign the second thing is the body starts to tell you that it's not in a good place so what people will start to notice is your main core areas of your body that always get affected by stress and anxiety is your chest area mm-hmm. or your tummy area these are the mm-hmm. two areas that you'll notice the anxiety and the stress in so what will happen in your chest area is a tightness in your chest irregular heart beat heart palpitations you might feel that you find it difficult to breathe mm-hmm. or you find that that you're catching your breath at times or your tummy what what will happen is just tummy problems feeling more hungry not feeling hungry feeling bloated mm-hmm. gastrointestinal issues so a lot of the time when women come to me Mira they'll come to me and say oh I just can't switch my mind off I'll need something just to help me just switch my mind off mm-hmm. and then when you start talking to them and you realize where all that source of stress the anxiety is coming from I've often had women say to me, I didn't even realize I was anxious. I didn't mm. think that was anxiety. I just thought I had a lot on my plate. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're, a, you're busy and you're a doer mm. quite often, or you're, you know, you're somebody who gets things sorted or somebody that gets things done. Yeah. Yeah. Quite often you can easily fall into that trap of thinking, yeah, yeah, but I'm busy. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm doing stuff. I, I'm not, I'm not stressed. You're so right. And, you know, when you talk about, so really, really interesting, when you talk about that link of the chest and the, the, the stomach in particular, 
when we look at the, uh, you know, the, the nervous system and we look at the link between the brain gut axis, mm. you know, that is a very, very strong connection. Yeah. And quite, you know, very often the people that I come to, that come to me and I see um, will have, that stress has started a long while back and they haven't noticed it. And mm. that then just keeps feeding itself into um, their body beginning to deteriorate. And also then that leads to so low self-esteem because they can't do what they used to do mm-hmm. and they're not operating at the same level that they were. And it just it's just like this downward Simple. spiral. Yeah, yeah. 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 You get stuck, don't you? Because you yeah. can't come out of it then. So if you're not feeling good about yourself, then your your thoughts are going to reflect that. And then if your thoughts are self-deprecating or they're self-critical or they're judgmental, then what part of that mind is going to let you look after yourself? Then the self-care practices go out the window and then that then feeds into the cycle of not feeling good about yourself. Exactly. And it's just this vicious cycle that you can't come out of. That's it. It, it is, It is. you're absolutely right. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I can speak from personal experience myself. Um, you know, it's, it's sadly a regular cycle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm fortunate in that I, I, I've got people around me that will, uh, all my body is quite actually very good at telling me when it's had enough. Um, and I, and I, and then I know I need to kind of hold on a minute. We need to go back and reset. But I mean, is there, what, is there some advice that you would be able, just some sort of concrete advice that you'd be able to give our listeners if they are feeling like they're stressed? Can I just can I just add that actually quite often mm-hmm. people the first thing people will do will go is go to their GP. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I, and uh, GP. I want some sleeping tablets. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, antidepressants and sleeping tablets, and that might be what they need. And I'm not saying that, but for me, the thing that I've learned, my automatic response is is, and GPs are amazing. They do yeah. such a brilliant job, and the medical profession is fantastic, and we have a lot of help and support out there. Um, so there is definitely a place. But actually, quite often we're not encouraged to go and speak to somebody about what we're feeling. So, you know, like, for example, yourself. Hmm. Yeah. but And that comes down to social conditioning, doesn't it? Because yeah. you have been conditioned, especially if you come from an ethnic background, yeah. um, you will be conditioned to not talk about what's going on in the family home to mm. other people, mm. not to, to talk about how you're not coping because it's seen as a sign of failure. Yeah. Also, we don't want other people to judge us as not coping as a family so you are already as a child conditioned not to talk about what's going on in your family to other people so you seeing a therapist is going to be the last thing that you will do (laughs) if you have been conditioned not to speak to anybody and for some reason it's more acceptable to take antidepressants anti-anxiety pills sleeping tablets than it is to actually talk about things and talk about what's going on in your mind yeah yeah. And so what would you advise our listeners if they are feeling stressed and or anything that you're saying resonates with them and they're thinking, actually, oh, you know, yeah, you're right. I am. You know, th- there are certain things that Camden has just said um, mm-hmm. that that tick those boxes. What right. would you advise them to do? to do? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is, first of all, it is okay if you want to go and get extra help and you do want to maybe reach out and get sleeping tablets or anti-anxiety pills or antidepressants. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not advocating against that. No, absolutely. However, that does not deal with the root of the problem. That just has a sticky plaster approach and it masks the problem. That's what mm-hmm. it does. It mm-hmm. doesn't help you identify where that source of stress or anxiety or that upheaval is actually coming from. So mm-hmm 
that's something you have to bear in mind. The medication is a short-term fix. It's not going to get you to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. If you actually want to find out what the root of the problem is, that's something only a therapist or a coach can help you with. So it's definitely worth investing in that if you want to resolve issues in the long run. But in the intermediate period, in the short term, what you have to do is you have to really stop and you have to take a step back from your life and you have to look at all of the things that are making you feel under pressure. Then you have to make a decision about what can wait and what is a priority. So for example, if you've got a young family, you can't pause that. That's something that has to go on. So focus your energy and your time into that. But if there's other things like say socializing, helping people, going above and beyond the call of duty and running around for other people and you genuinely don't have the time to do that, maybe these are the things that you need to start parking and putting on the side. So mm. be realistic about your expectations because perhaps you're taking on too much yeah. and all of those things that you're trying to achieve are not achievable or attainable in the space of time that you actually have. So the first thing I would say is take a step back, do an honest appraisal of your life, hold on to the things that can not are non-negotiables and can't be put on hold mm. and all the other things are just going to have to wait that's the first thing I would say the second thing I would say is that anxiety overwhelm overthinking it usually comes into our systems when we're focusing on all the things that we can't control and all the things that we can't control are going to be in our outer circle so other people the way other people treat us, what's going on in the world, what's going on in in the in, in the actual like workplace or in your extended family. These are things you cannot control. Mm. Bring your attention into your inner circle and your inner circle is your health, your well-being, your immediate family, the work that you do, your working hours and focus on the things that you can control and make changes there that are mm. sustainable for you. Because when you're trying to control all the things that you cannot control, all it's going to do is make you feel more overwhelmed, more stressed and more anxious. So the second thing that you can do is focus on the things that you can control as opposed to the things that you can't control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, it, brilliant advice. Um, really, really brilliant because I'm trying to think of situations and scenarios um, that perhaps, you know, listeners may be able to connect with. Uh, but on a personal level, um, I mean, firstly, I'd like to say that it is really difficult to be realistic about yourself sometimes and mm. to take that step back. That's often the most scary thing to take the step yeah. back away from your doing and actually come to a point of reflection. Um, and for me, that's where that support is really necessary, where I, I, I need that support from somebody else to be able to say, and, and I mean either a therapist or, you know, someone really, really trusted, someone that yeah. you know isn't out there to kind of uh, put their um, their ideas onto you. Yeah. Um, but to reflect and to be able to step back and say, right, realistically, this is this, this is my inner circle, this is what's peripheral, can be very scary and can be, you know, very hard because those are often the things that you hang on to. Mm. The things that you're hanging on to are often the things that you need to let go of. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the thing that I found. And, and what was so interesting was going through the lockdown period, the two, the two years that we've had, mm. that initial thing of where, how we lived our lives was completely taken away. Yeah. There was, there was no familiarity in anything that we had. And that was a huge shock. But actually, once you sort of 
got through uh, you know got into it and yeah there was definitely different stresses about income and all the rest of it and I'm not I'm not putting that um a damper on that because that was that was serious and very very hard and still yeah. is but actually a lot of the things that I've found is that we've all as a family got I mean we were close as a family but we've got even closer yeah. and actually you know it's okay to say I don't feel like going out today I'm really sorry or I can't meet up or you know it's not necessary to be there at every single uh, meet up or event or party or get together you can just say no and kind of focus a little bit more inwards and be a bit more calm yeah definitely yeah. and you know the two biggest thoughts right so this is a pattern I see all the time when I'm working with clients the two beliefs that will cause you the most stress in life is the fear of being judged and the fear yeah. of failure that yes. it always comes down to that Mira. it doesn't yeah. matter what the situation is it could be marriage it could be divorce it could be giving up a career it could be I don't want to have children it could be I don't like being a parent whatever yeah. it is right the yeah. two things that always can come down to is the fear of being judged and the fear of failure and yeah. these limiting beliefs keep us in situations that we do not want to be in or we mm. do not want to take part in mm. Mm. Uh, it's and you know when you uh when you let go of them even if it's slowly even if it even if it's for a second uh, you know and you have to work on it right but yeah. even if once you let go of it that fi- the, the those the the feeling of liberation is is so it's so lovely I mean I can't even describe it but you know that thing of being able to say no is another one right where you know you've grown up I mean I could never say no to my mum whatever she said I had to say yes you know or my dad and they're the most they are the the most beautiful parents and I have been really lucky uh, that they are they've always been so understanding and supportive but I've you know this could be an inner thing for me I've never I was never able to say no but when I went through my divorce my separation and my divorce and I was I was seeing a therapist at that time um you know I had to learn to say no and I also had to learn to accept that the other person wasn't going to really be happy with my no but I had to not let that bother me it was just such a learning you know huge and I know I've shared this story with you before on the on another workshop but actually saying no to my mum and my mum saying that's really rude and I'm saying well actually no mum it's I'm sorry you feel that way but I can't actually do this um was hugely liberating and our relationship has become even stronger because we are now so open with each other but that liberation is great would you kind of would you say that that's what most people feel or how they feel about it yeah, once they've got yeah, there. of course it's really difficult because like you said if you have grown up doing something all the time or if you've grown up being told or you've received the message that it's rude to say no or you have to put other people first or you can't be selfish and you can't just think about yourself all the time or just go along and show your face like what's five minutes like you see these messages these indirect and direct messages (laughs) that you grow up with they actually mess you up right as you get older because then you will spend an hour to get ready to go and show your face somewhere for five minutes and you're like where is the logic in this right because then you're there anyway you may as well stay there longer but do you see where we as I mean, I can speak from an ethnic minority background and Mm. because I see this a lot from women in ethnic minority backgrounds, but I'm sure it it goes across the board. You grow up putting everybody else before you other than yourself. 
And what that does is it gives you an internal dialogue of you are not important. What yeah. you want doesn't matter. And we don't care what you feel. That's basically yeah. what you are indirectly told. <laughs> so, of course, when you start making decisions that are beneficial for you or you start looking after yourself, that self-care, which is so... Self-care is not an option, Mira. Like, I was right. actually... Um, doing a, a, a talk on the BBC on Monday and we were talking about this self-care is not an option it's not a, a, a it, like it's not a negotiable it's a necessity if you yes. want to sustain a lifestyle in which you do not burn out yeah. but we are programmed to think that self-care is a is self-indulgent or it's selfish when it's yeah. not so yeah. when you first start to say no or you start to set a boundary or you start saying look I'm going to give that a miss today but I'll catch up with you next time even if you don't feel guilty, the guilt that's put on you by other people is humongous. It's so mm. heavy. You feel mm, it. Mm, you see mm. the look of disappointment and yeah. disdain in people's yeah. faces. Like, what? You yeah. said no. That's right. Awesome. And it's yeah. accurate. And see that? That is never going to be easy. Yeah. And I'm not advocating that it's easy at all. But that is a short term pain that you will have to learn to get mm. over and get comfortable with if you mm. want to sustain a healthy lifestyle in the long run. So yeah. that setting boundaries, saying no, saying no to certain people, maybe taking a bit of time out for yourself. It's non-negotiable. And I think yeah. when you get that into your head that this is not selfish, it's not self-indulgent, this is crucial for my health and well-being it starts to get easier. It's not going to be comfortable at the start because no. anything new that we do is never comfortable. But yeah. it's just like any habit, it feels uncomfortable, it's painful, but then you get into the habit and it gets easier as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting because so much of what you're saying, and I'm listening to this all the way through, and it, it's, it, it resonates so uh, strongly with the ladies that I support who are doing the menopause program with me. Mm. Quite often not quite often, pretty much all the time, the reason they won't join the program or the reason they won't seek help is because they are exactly of that mindset. They are, there's always somebody else that comes before them or something else that comes mm. before them, you know, even like a house extension or a, or somebody's got to buy a car and they're thinking, hold on. Well, I know. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, make it, sense. It doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense. But you know, you, you, again, there's no judgment in it. I, I get it. I understand the place they're coming from. Um, and, and I see that, but when you break it down to them and they, maybe they've been, they joined the journey and they, and three or four weeks in, you know, I'm getting wonderful messages on my WhatsApp group with, with the ladies that are on the program right now saying, you know, you've got to recharge your batteries first before you oh. try and help someone else. And I'm thinking, yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> that's amazing that's when you know you've got a result and do you know what the best thing is Mira once they go into that zone they never come back oh, out of it <laughs> uh, the empowerment is incredible and again one of the things that I see you know yes yes they've come to me because they've got aches and pains and they've got symptoms of menopause some of which can be anxiety and depression and mm. you know all these things that we've mentioned um but they'll come to me with those things that they want to fix it could be fat loss or weight loss as well but actually what they end up doing is being the person who says to their husband or their children, you sort yourself out with dinner or lunch. I'm mm. eat, eating this or I'm going out and you do. And I, it's so empowering for yeah. them, yeah. Um, which, which is fantastic. I do want to ask you, though, I, I want to make sure we get everything in because I, I know we could chat forever. Um, <laughs> I love listening to you. It's absolutely amazing. Um, if people wanted to understand a little bit more about how to create a positive mindset 
uh, and and outlook mm-hmm. how would they do that because some of us I, I'm a very optimistic person so I will talk myself very quickly out of you know a negative situation in fact I'm a little bit too optimistic sometimes <laughs> but um you know I, I just honestly my husband looks at me and goes no Mira this is disaster I'm like no, <laughs> like, no it's fine it's just a little bit of a situation we'll it's deal just with a it situation <laughs> yeah we just need to solve we need to solve it put it into little compartments and solve it and he's just looking at me like you're completely mad but you know um and and I get that we can be those characters but actually just outside of that or maybe you can explain that how do we create a positive mindset and outlook okay so see one of the interesting exercises to do is right so I often feel that the way we speak to ourselves we would never dream of speaking to somebody else in that way that's Mm -hmm. one thing I notice all the time so when I'm working with people they will say such derogatory comments about themselves, the way that they look, the way that they feel about their achievements. And then I'll say to them, would you say that to your daughter? Would you say that to your sister? Would you say that to your friend? And they're horrified and they're like, no, of course not. So if you would not say that to anybody else, why would you then choose to speak to yourself like that? So one of the first things I would say is in any change process, whether you're taking on a new exercise regime, whether you're starting a new running program, whether you're starting a new eating plan, whether you're changing your mindset, any change is going to require you to be patient, but also to be kind and compassionate towards yourself rather than putting yourself down. So when, say for example, when we look at a child, when a child learns to walk and they take their first couple of steps, they are shaky on their feet and they definitely fall when they take their first couple of steps. And I've seen this with my nephews and my nieces. Mm-hmm. You don't turn around and go, oh my God, that was pathetic. I can't believe you couldn't use standing on your own two feet. <laughs> oh, you don't God. turn around and that's not how you raise a child. That child would never get back up on their feet. You turn around and everybody makes it into such a big deal, don't they? Mean? Everybody yeah, claps and goes, yay, yeah. well done, yeah, that's so yeah. good. That child then picks himself back up and walks again, not because they want to, but because they're getting some kind of positive reinforcement or acknowledgement in doing so, right? In the same way, when you start something new in your life, whether it's setting boundaries, changing your mindset, changing your lifestyle, you are going to have a couple of falls and bumps along the way, but you don't give yourself a hard time and think, what was the point? I can't believe I failed. That was pathetic. I didn't do that or I didn't do that well because you're never going to make any progress. So accept, right? You have to accept that there's going to be some blips along the way. You're going to upset people along the way because people often don't like it when you start to change. And the people that don't like it when you change are usually the people that benefit from you not having boundaries in the first place. So these are what the expectations you need to already be prepared for. So I would say be realistic about your journey to change. And then the second thing is, and this exercise is so fascinating because you, you, it sounds really simple, but it's so, so powerful. Think about somebody that you love dearly in your life, somebody that you love dearly, but also somebody that you're very protective over. This combination is important. So it can't just be somebody that you love. It needs to be somebody that you're very protective over. So whether that's a friend, whether that's Mm. your child, whether that's your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife or a friend or a work colleague, whoever it is, but it needs to be a combination of somebody that you love and you are very fiercely protective over. Now, anytime you use a negative voice with yourself or anytime you put yourself down I want you to picture that person that you've picked in your head and I want you to imagine that person speaking about themselves in that way in front of you Mm -hmm. and ask yourself what would you say to them and how would you respond to them 
whatever you would say to them and whatever you would respond to them like is what you need to be telling yourself. So if you are not going to allow your loved ones to speak to themselves like that, you cannot speak like that to yourself either. So yeah. even doing this exercise every single time, it's it. what will happen is A, you will become so aware of the language and the tone and the message that you give yourself all the time. Yeah. B, you will become aware of how critical and self-judgmental you can be as well. Yeah. And C, it will teach you to be a bit more kinder and compassionate to yourself. You will learn to speak to yourself the way you speak to your loved ones. And mm -hmm. that is something that is essential. That is what nurtures you when you're trying to grow and you're changing and you're evolving and you're transforming. Because none of these things are easy. And we are not saying that they're easy. But you cannot make it more difficult by putting yourself down. Oh, that... that again okay i said it once before i'll say it again but absolutely brilliant those are such useful useful bits of advice and really practical too yeah. um not easy but practical really practical um and i think those are things we all need to work on definitely uh, and no matter how kind you think you are to yourself as well actually or how kindly you think you speak to yourself it's it that's such a good way of just checking in to see yeah. actually are you or are you just you know saying a bit of nice stuff and then going in with the with the jugular and being yeah. really nasty you know because you get I, I do that sometimes i go no no i did that really well and then i'll go yeah but and then but. i go into that <laughs> yeah but i could have duh, 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 duh. and then it's like well no can't you just accept that you know um yeah so thank you um those bits of advice are super useful and and really practical and and great ways to start getting that positive mindset in um thank you so much Cameron there is um there's a question we ask all our guests mm -hmm. um before we before we finish because it's just it's lovely to be able to have advice um from you but something that perhaps a little bit more personal that you actually do yourself which you feel others uh, our listeners would would benefit from so is there a kind of uh, positive lifestyle habit um, that you really kind of cherish and it's something that helps you that you feel maybe others would be able to benefit from. Right. Okay. So mine's is um it's a, it's a bit of a funny one, but I'll share it with you. So <laughs> mine's is mine's is music, right? So my yeah. go-to has always been music. It does right. not matter what is going on in my life, right? So see, for me, music is a combination of it can be a stress reliever, it can be a motivator, it can be a mood booster. It's I, I cannot live without music. So if I've had a busy day and the, the nature of my work, obviously if I'm doing therapy sessions, I don't have like distractions in the background because if you're doing online work or you're doing video calls or telephone calls, you can't have that. So a lot of my day will be spent in silence um, and just doing sessions. So towards the end of the day, just to kind of change the atmosphere a little bit, I'll listen to music or I'll put on the radio where there's like a music stream going on. And for me, that is my way of just decompressing towards the end of the day. But it's also my actual artificial signal to my brain saying yeah. that's the end of your working day as well, especially now because we're all working from home. So that commute that we would have had like between our work and our home, we don't have that. So that was our artificial break. That was our yeah. brain saying, okay, we are now stopped working yes. and we're now going into our family life. We don't have that anymore. No. So since the lockdown, we now need to create those marks and starts and ends in the day. We need to create those pauses by actually putting physically something in the diary that yeah. is going to mark the end of your working day and the beginning of your evening. So for me, it's definitely got to be music. 
Oh no, that's a, a brilliant tip. A tip, and and, and actually, uh, music is wonderful. It really does. Uh, it can it can really help to relax you or it can help to you know charge you up um, and it, it's it's wonderful thank you yeah. so much for sharing that tip and I'm sure and all the advice that you've given actually on the podcast and I'm sure our listeners will really benefit from that um Camden before we go and we say goodbye could you let our listeners know where they could get in touch with you should they want to speak to you or find out more about what you do. Yep, of course. So I hang about in two main places, mainly because I cannot cope with too much social media. So I've got <laughs> I've got Instagram. So I've got my Instagram handle, which is Camelin Core Therapist. And then I have a Facebook group for women that are looking for strategies to be able to manage stress and anxiety or self-limiting beliefs. And that Facebook group is called Empower Her Mind. So these are the two places that I usually hang out. Lovely. Thank you so much. I'm going to definitely encourage um, the ladies who are on my program and those that I work with to um, to have a look at your Facebook page and Instagram because I think they'll benefit hugely from that. Camelin, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, really lovely to get to know you a little bit more as well. So thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And it's been so nice speaking to you. It's been so quick. The time has just flown in. It's so thank you so by. much for having me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in. If you have any questions about our Don't Pause for Menopause course, our products, or need some advice in general, please just send us a message and we would be glad to help. You can find us on Instagram at Mirrors Made From Scratch, on Facebook at Mirrors MFS, and our website, mirrorsmadefromscratch.co.uk.